0: Eight nine seven seven seven, or visit CCPG.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Twenty one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred sixty eight hours after issuance. See Slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network.
1: If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money
0: Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Bezik. Yeah, Vegas, baby. Vegas, it is the Even Money Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings. We are one of the top five sports betting podcasts in the world. We have a heavy emphasis on the National Football League, but... We do talk college football from time to time. And we absolutely talk about the big events in the offseason, like March Madness, like anything else that everybody's betting on. We will absolutely talk about it. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on social media. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. More and more people either watching the full episode or just the the best of clips over at YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL which is awesome the star of the show who is now world famous over the last couple days is Steve Fezzik at Fezzik Sports on Twitter he is everywhere I mean Steve uh how do you feel about being famous for a bet that went the wrong way well infamous but you know what I kind of am comforted by the fact that everyone else in
2: the world wins every single one of their bets they spoke about. So it's kind of cool to be like the guy that went out and disclosed how much he actually lost specifically. Uh, I bet Purdue to win straight up, and I bet a ton of money to win nothing, (laughs) and somehow a 23-point favorite lost, and so there's been great discussions in other venues. You can query it on the internet. Um, Bottom line is... I estimated Purdue would win ninety nine percent of the time, and that was a poor estimate on my part. And I should have just bet their opponent, FD plus the twenty three Ross.
0: So um, let's bring in our guest today because he is a big, big college football uh, college basketball guy. He's my buddy from Reading, Pennsylvania, Paul Roberts. You can and should follow him on social media. At Paul Roberts Q's, you'll get an unbelievable smorgasbord from Paul of Berks County High School sports updates, beer, and then like awesome college basketball analysis. So, we want to talk to Paul about the NCAA tournament. He's a Syracuse Newhouse School grad, he's a longtime broadcaster, We're doing great work, but he watches more college basketball than pretty much anybody I know. So we want to talk to Paul about the tournament and about how it went. But I guess I want to get back to you quickly, Steve. Because, first of all, you're the pro better, okay? I'm the pro podcaster. You never, ever say, yeah, go check that out on somebody else's show. No, wrong. We talk about it here (laughs) on this show. There are no other shows They don't exist. This is the only show where we talk about this stuff. I will say this, Steve, because I I know you tweeted. But the funny thing is, Steve, you don't often tweet out your bets. Like, you really came strong on that one.
2: Yes, and you see, out there in the media, there's lots of people that play big favorites, and they put them into parlays. And I can't stand it because – Just because you put it into a parlay doesn't mean you're not laying that big vig on that wager. It's the same thing. It's worse because when you play it in parlays, you get even worse numbers. And I've been a big advocate. There's nothing wrong with laying minus 300, minus 500, minus 1,000, minus 5,000. I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to bet Tiger Woods to not win the Masters. I anticipate I will have to lay like $5,000 to win 100. Uh, I mean, I'm going to keep betting stuff like that that I – truly feel has less than a 1% chance and that it has value. What I regret is I should have sent the message, hey, any bet can lose. It's not 100%. It's 99%. Don't bet so much that it's going to absolutely ruin your tournament, ruin your life, etc. Bet within your guidelines. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to say it, it's been raining unders. I've been on top of it the whole tournament. I'm actually slightly positive on the tournament, despite losing a zillion on Purdue. Um, and, but the, but the terrible thing is that if, had I not bet Purdue, I probably would have been even more aggressive on these other bets and it would have had the greatest tournament ever. So,
0: (laughs) okay. Before we move on to Paul, I do have a question about this, Steve, where did you get the 99% estimate that Purdue would win the game? That, I guess that's the quote, like, because your math is right, right? Like if. If you think there's a 99% chance and I don't know what were they minus what? 23. No, 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 I'm sorry. On the oh, money minus, line minus Purdue 5, was
2: risk r- risk risk uh $50 to win a dollar.
0: So they're minus 5000. Which which gives it what what's the percentage chance that Purdue uh, that a team wins if they're minus 5000? 2% would be break even. That they that they lose. Okay. But you thought there was actually value because you thought there's not a 2% chance Purdue loses his game.
2: Yeah. So, you know, number one seeds in the tournament, 156 and one, uh, 23 plus uh, point favorites in the NCAAs. Well, 156 and one. Basically, the point of demarcation is when a team becomes a, more than a 20 point favorite, they win 99% of the time in college basketball. And I felt like there'd be a lot more variance in a regular season game where something strange could happen versus a tournament where every team is fully motivated. And, you know, in retrospect, of course the Purdue Guards stink and I should have watched the Penn State game, which I did, and they melted down and anticipated, hey, you know, this is probably the exception to the rule, but I'm in general, basic strategy, you know, going forward, I've done it's not like this is the first bet I've made like this. I mean, I always play the number one seeds to be, you know, to go ahead and advance as long as they're favored by 20 or more.
0: Um, Did you learn a lesson here, Steve, or not really?
2: The lesson I learned, two lessons. One was I've gotten lazy. I've been winning and I've gotten lazy in my old age. There were better numbers out there. In fact, there was one book that was as low as minus 2750. So I have, I always preach, get the best number. And I didn't get the best number. I got a good number versus the market but not a good number versus the best available. So that's a lesson. And the second lesson, be more careful explaining what I'm doing on social media so that I don't have a situation where someone might copy me and then not be able to pay their rent at the end of the month.
0: Um, What did you think, Paul, of that bet by Steve? Well,
1: I don't have the type of bankroll that Steve does. So to play something at that price just isn't... Up my alley. I will agree though with Steve's point about betting big favorites. Uh, I think the content providers out there have kind of influenced the public that if there's a minus 200 or minus 300, that's a terrible bet. That's totally wrong. There can be value at a minus 200 team or a minus 300 team if they're that much better. So th- that's one thing I would emphasize. Don't be scared off sometimes by the VIG or, or the juice. Usually there's a reason that that team is such a big favorite, and you can still find value there.
2: You know, by example, a bet I made, and I got roundly criticized for this, I bet, yes, at least one team in MLB will lose 100 games. And I laid minus 300 minus 350, minus 400. People are like, what are you doing? You're tying up your money the, for the whole year, laying minus 350. What a stupid bet. Until, until one book put up the alternative lines on the same prop, basically, and I got a 30 to one that there won't be a team that loses 100 games. So think about this for like a, a really nice portfolio. I've got minus 350 in one direction and then the opposite side at 30 to one Obviously, a little less risk associated with something like that. But look, in retrospect, the minus 350 was insane value. There's a 97% chance somebody in MLB is going to lose 100 games this year, I feel.
0: All right. So, Paul, what have been the lessons we've learned from the NCAA tournament so far? Other than Princeton is awesome, they're unstoppable, and they're going to win the national championship. I mean, that Missouri game was not even close. Uh, and even the Arizona game that Princeton won, they shot four for 24 from three. I mean, they'll probably lose to Creighton Friday night, and this will sound true. But, like, to me, they're good. Like, they they look like they're, like, legitimately good to me. It's not I mean, they shot the lights out against Missouri, but then they won by 20, right? They didn't shoot the lights out against Arizona, and they still won. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about betting. I had to get that in there. Yes, I'm a Princeton grad. I think most of you probably know that. But it's what of a good Princeton team, Ross. They're what's an underdog
2: that? in the Ivy League final.
0: I yeah, I don't know how that was the case, but they were. <laughs> um they won by like double digits. It's a really good team. I mean, they have some decent size. They have good guards. I mean, I don't know. But anyway, um Paul, they actually go to class? Paul, um <laughs> what have you learned so far from the NCAA tournament? that we can take into this weekend, Sweet 16? Uh, Well, let
1: let me say first, my sister's a Penn grad, so I do have a little love for the Ivy League. And Ross and I are from the Reading area, and Pete Carrill, who everyone knows from Princeton fame, coached at Reading High School in the late 50s into the mid-60s. So there's a, a local connection there to the Tigers. Uh, One thing, and this is, by the way, the only podcast that I watch, Ross. Uh, And last week, I saw you guys talking about live betting. So this was a point I wanted to address today. I'm doing a lot more live betting than I am pre-flop, if you will. And I'll give you a few examples here. Um, Houston, who's a number one seed. I got them live at plus four and a half against Auburn who is a nine seed and if you've watched Auburn this year they really struggled to score. Houston's a tremendous defensive team. Houston won that game 81-64. I got them at plus four and a half. Uh, TCU from the Big 12 which is by far the best conference this year. It's not even close. I got them live at plus four and a half against Arizona State who was an 11 seed And had to play in the first four. And TCU won that game outright. Uh, Xavier, who's a three seed. I got him at minus one and a half against Kennesaw State. They come back, win that game by five. All right, stop
0: bragging and tell us what your point is. What's your point? The point is, look for
1: good teams against bad teams at a much better price live. With the knowledge that we hear in the NBA, everybody makes a run. It happens a lot in the college game, too. People do it in the NBA, but it's going to happen in college a lot. Now, does it work all the time? No. I also took Marquette at plus three and a half, and they melded down in the second half with a million turnovers, and did not cover that time. So, what about like,
0: like, did you take Missouri when they were down against You probably could have gotten Missouri plus something against Princeton. You're right.
1: But okay. So, remember, I said really good teams against bad teams. I don't consider Missouri a really good team. Uh, I, I think they're okay. I think a lot of the national media bobbleheads throw the word great around. Here's the fact outside of maybe Alabama, there are no great teams. These are all flawed teams. We're not watching the Duke teams with Leitner and Hurley and Grant Hill. We're not watching the running rebels with Larry Johnson and Stacey Augman and uh, Greg Anthony and all those guys or Michigan with Glenn Rice and Ramil Robinson and Roy Vaught. We're not watching those teams. The best team, the best players are gone. They leave for the NBA. There's a lot of parody, which is why we see these monster upsets. So I'm a big proponent of live betting. I'm doing it much more than I am bef- before the game starts. What about you, Steve,
0: on live betting these games?
2: Yeah, live betting is absolutely the way to go. Yeah, I'll say it. I'm I'm friends with a guy I know for a fact is one of the five best live bettors in the world in college basketball, all right? I will call him Pastrami for a
1: nickname. Thanks so, for not giving my name, Steve. I appreciate so, it.
2: So but Pastrami has destroyed live betting all year long. And what was interesting, he's only had one losing week live betting. He only bets totals, by the way, um, that I can remember all year long. Think about this. He's won every week, all year long. During the tournament, he lost. And he lost because he loves situations to bet overs. And it just kept raining unders in the tournament Not just because they couldn't shoot and the ball was apparently different, but even in the final three minutes of the game, all year long, these teams have fouled. They have, like, fouled to the bitter end. Missouri followed script. Down 15, they just kept fouling with, like, two minutes, one minute left. And yet, so many teams, Kent State, eh, we're down 14 with 90 seconds left. Game over. Nice job, Indiana. I walked off the court. I I cannot get over how low scoring all the tournaments have been. If you blindly bet every under, you cashed like 70% of your tickets.
1: Wow. Yeah, 67% unders so far through 52 games. Um, uh, it, the 35 of the 52 have gone under. The three point shooting so far is at 31%. I mean, it is, it's, and, I don't understand that the national guys that cover this sport all season are now tweeting about how bad the shooting is in the tournament. Have they not been watching their sport all season? This, this isn't breaking news. And I think uh, one problem is college coaches have adopted the NBA philosophy, which is based on analytics of jacking up threes, right? More threes, more three high volume threes. Here's the difference. College shooters aren't pros. They aren't NBA players. 99% of them won't be pros. They don't shoot like pros. So you don't have the right ingredients for that style of play. It would be like Ross having having a barbecue picnic, but he doesn't have hot dogs, hamburgers, or buns. You know, you don't have the right ingredients to play that style. And I think that's a big reason you're seeing all these unders. These kids cannot shoot. I love the game. Thursday to Sunday, my favorite four days on the sports calendar. Ross is right. I'll stay up past 1 a.m. watching these whack games or West Coast Conference or Pac-12 to hear Bill Walton. These guys can't shoot. And also the line How was is that good.
0: possible? Uh, don't these kids just like they all think they're Steph Curry and they all shoot threes all the time? I don't get it. But they're not pros though, Raw. They do
1: practice a lot, but they're not on that level. What we see at the NBA- is the one percentile okay? It's it's the best of the best. That's not what we're seeing with these college players. And also, keep in mind, I think it was twenty twenty. They moved the line back to over twenty two feet. Uh, the initial line in college basketball was nineteen nine. It was same as high school, and I, and I don't know if if we've really taken that into account enough. You know, Paul, I'm going to disagree because it was raining overs
2: all late February, early March, 55% of the games were going over. There wasn't this issue shooting. Now I think it was a combination of the nerves, the pressure, better defense. And, and, and I do think the ball got changed and, and it was just the perfect storm and, and the venues, new what venues. Do you mean The ball
0: venues. got changed. You said that twice now. How do they change the ball?
2: Paul, you up on this, on this new ball that they're using in the NCAA tournament.
1: I think it's a different brand or, or something like that. Um, a different type of ball. Yeah.
2: There's, there's talk that it's thrown up. It's supposed to be like more tactile and help the shooters. Obviously, it did not. And it's more orange. It, it glows in the dark. <laughs> it looks good on TV. This has been atrocious, though. This, the, the actual play, if you're just evaluating from a viewer's perspective, the pageantry is great. The, the quality of play is horrendous watching this. And it's amazing. We still like it better than the NBA.
0: What um, Paul, what about you and I were texting back and forth and uh, about some of your tips and you said, take advantage of upsets. What do oh you mean? yeah.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that. So while everyone's like going crazy when Princeton wins and you know, Furman wins, I'm trying to think, how can I take advantage of this? And I, I know we don't like the needle in the haystack bets. You guys talked about this last week as well. So I'm not talking about teams to win the tournament before the tournament. But what I did is I looked at that South region and I see Arizona gone, who's the two seed, Virginia, the four seed, gone. And I see that Baylor, who's the three seed, has to play Creighton. So one of those two will be gone. Who's going to beat Alabama in that region? So I jumped on Alabama just to win the region. This isn't to win the national title. I got it at plus 110. Now that same bet today is minus one forty on DraftKings. I love DraftKings, by the way, for all the different uh, props and futures. You know, I I wish they wouldn't limit me so much, but I do like all the options that that they provide. But that was one. Don't just celebrate the upsets and go and go crazy like Ross was with his kids, which was great. By the way, I loved when when Ross said we get ice cream, I get beer. That's probably my <laughs> favorite line of the tournament um, as a craft beer connoisseur. But so that's one way I attacked it just because I don't see any, Creighton's a good shooting team. They're well coached. They're skilled. They have a seven footer, but no one's on Alabama's level. And once once Arizona and Virginia, and then you knew Baylor or Creighton would be out, uh, uh, San Diego sca- State scare anybody. Uh, now you have Princeton in there. So that's, that's one tip I would use, you know, next year in the, in the tournament, you know, last,
0: Oh, go ahead, Steve.
1: I want to throw out the number one tip pursuant to what
2: Paul was saying. It doesn't matter if the favorites are covering or not, the public pours into town in Vegas and they bet the favorite. This would never happen on a normal Thursday, Saturday. You look at a team like uh, let's use, um, I think it's Northern Kentucky, the Norse. Are there really that many Vikings in Kentucky? Apparently, apparently so. (laughs) Um, So they're catching 19 against Houston and all the sharp books. They're plus 21. You can get plus 21 on the strip and at least one sports book plus 20 at other books. And it just goes to show these books get like overwhelmed with favorite money from the public. The public moves the line. And as a pro, you just gobble up bets like that with Northern Kentucky plus 21. And while everyone else is going to parties and having fun, I'm scooping up bet after bet like that doesn't help me any as far as sending it to my clients because it's not widely available. But for my own pocket, gimme, gimme, gimme.
0: Paul, last thing. um, I saw you tweet this out at Paul Roberts Cuse. Did you really have TCU in the points against Gonzaga when that kid made the shot? Absolutely did. And
1: I think Steve did as well. Uh, That was what, remember Chris Farley doing the fat guy in a little suit where he's going like, you know, this, and that was me when the second that, (laughs) that, although I don't consider myself fat, maybe more broad-shouldered, but yes, I did have TCU. So with 0.7 seconds left, I'm going to
2: make a bold statement. People probably disagree. I think TCU's chance of covering was 1%, only 1%. And where I'm coming there is I cannot remember – A situation all year long that a team trailed by more than two possessions was inbounding under their basket with under a second where they managed to score realistically. The only way it can happen is to get fouled because there's just not enough time to do anything but to chuck up a 70-footer.
0: Unbelievable. Paul, thank you so much for joining the show. Um, Really, really appreciate it. Do Do you have one bet that you love for this upcoming weekend? Um, nothing I really love. I'm looking
1: at FAU a little bit at plus five. Tennessee is without one of its best players. Tennessee is number 278 in Ken Palm adjusted tempo. Uh, They play very slow style and also Ford Atlantic people view them as kind of this like you know, really low level D1 team. They're number 22 overall in the Ken Palm rankings. They're pretty darn good and they're super athletic. So I would take a peek at uh, Florida Atlantic. I'm also looking a little bit at Miami at plus seven and a half because guard play is so important and Miami has a number of very good uh, guards. So those those are two that that I would like. And thanks for having me on. You guys are the best. Appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, Paul. I'm looking at Princeton plus ten against Creighton. Now Creighton scares me. They're good. Their point guards good. They're seven foot, but plus ten, I'll take it. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Six PM Friday start, Ross. There's no
2: hurry to bet your Princeton Tigers. I can only imagine how many points we're gonna get here in Vegas. Yum yum center for Princeton. I'm hoping for an eleven right before it tips off.
0: Nice. Lots of things go better together, Steve, including Labatt Blue Light. While you're watching hoops, maybe you're betting on hoops. Maybe you're alma mater's in the Sweet 16. Always enjoy responsibly. It's delicious beer. Labatt Blue Light, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. This is the story of
1: the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes.
0: You've been killing it in the XFL this year. Just killing it. Yeah, and I've been moving markets
2: as well. As soon as I release a play, there's just not enough liquidity in the market. So the lines go ahead and move across the board. But um, XFL has been very profitable for me. I'm in action again. I'll give out a free play this week. St. Louis, Vegas over, over 43.5. I think I said on, on this very show, if you bet Vegas games over, The rest of the year, you're going to win playing that. Well, every Vegas game, since I said that, has indeed gone over. And here's the dynamic. Vegas has a poor defense, a very capable offense. Their stats show that, but the stats don't show it enough. And the reason being is that there were two games here locally in Vegas played in horrendous weather. There was a wind tunnel game with like 35-mile-an-hour winds, and there was a game in a monsoon. They had a game at D.C. where it rained in the second half. So there's been reasons why scoring has been lower in those games than it should have been. Vegas is a dead nut over team, and I anticipate they're going to go over again against McCarron and the St. Louis Battlehawks this Saturday. Take the over 43 and a half.
0: Love it. Um, I do want to ask you, Steve, about Aaron Rodgers. Um, You know, he's not officially a Packer yet it's, I mean, I'm sorry, a jet yet. It's going to happen. We all know that are the uh, have the markets totally adjusted or would there still be some value in, for example, taking the jets to win the division now before it's official with Rodgers? Are you, are you getting closing line value? If you take the jets to win the AFC East now? You know, I need to take a look at what the current odds
2: were. I know it was three to one to win the division. And given if that's still out there, three to one would be value. Anything less, I would say no, because the books were dealing a split line on the division saying, well, this was last week. It's possible that the Jets get Rodgers, but we're really not sure. But now that it's a certainty or virtual certainty, right? That um, it probably should be more like two plus 240. So I would say if if you can get a plus 250 or higher, yeah, you're going, be, you're, you're going to get the closing line value. The problem is, is that closing line accurate? You know, we've seen quarterbacks like Rodgers before. Uh, Peyton Manning, probably bad example because he did win a Super Bowl, but he couldn't throw the ball a lick at the end of his career. Brett Favre went from MVP to absolutely not being able to play. Quarterbacks fall off the cliff right around age 40, and you just never know which year they're going to hit that wall. And Rodgers is right up against it right now.
0: Wow, interesting, Steve. AFC East on DraftKings Sportsbook: the Bills are plus one thirty-five, the Jets are now plus two hundred, the Dolphins are plus three sixty, which I think is interesting, and then the Patriots plus eight hundred. I mean, what a what what a what a reversal, Steve, from the last twenty years.
2: Yeah, and in terms of futures, you it's rarely right to try to find a, a loaded division and bet the underdog to win. You want to find a spot like the NFC West, where you've got Seattle that was sitting out there at 5-1. to one. The Rams are going to be rebuilding. Arizona should be trash. So essentially, you, you've got a, a spot where you don't have to beat a whole lot of teams to win the division or have a great year. You want to win that AFC East, you're going to have to win 12 games.
0: Check him out on social media. What I love about Steve is the honesty, the transparency. He made a big bet on Purdue. He lost. Guess what? We all lose. Everybody loses. At least Steve puts it out there at Fez Sports and owns up to it. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. Um, there's no shame in losing. There's only shame in not trying or also acting like you win all the time. Nobody does. That's why I love the show. During the NFL season, we tell you how we did each and every single week. Please follow us at Ross Tucker pod. No time today to get to an email question for Steve, but we should have time next week. So take advantage of any of the sponsors over at Rostucker.com or just take a picture of yourself with a bat blue light and email me Ross at Ross with your questions for Steve and hopefully we'll get to them next week. Other than that, I think we're done here. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft,
1: all available at Apple Podcasts, com, or wherever podcasts can be found.